Otherwise, today we're continuing our relationship goals series. So if you were here with us last week, we actually went over relate, like this relationship with the world and how we can build friendships and interact with people in the world. Um, however, today we're actually going to be looking at relationships with Christians. And so we've got our panelists here who are going to be going through that um, with us. So it's, uh, it's exciting. And so even though I know all of them quite well in some areas, um, how about you all introduce yourselves, um, what gathering you're a part of, and, and all that. Kick us off, yeah. Hi, I'm Sammy. Um, so I'm gathering leader with my husband, Kieran, at North, and I've been in Divergent for five years. There we go, hi. <laughs> um, for five years now, I am from Orange, New South Wales, um, and I've been in Canberra for seven years. Um, yeah, it's a short little intro. And I got saved when I was 12 years old and grew up in a Christian home. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm Sean. Uh, Elise and I, with Cameron and Kayla, well, we lead City South here. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm an Australian-born Chinese, which means something to some people and not so much to others. <laughs> um, I grew up Buddhist. Uh, my mum's still Buddhist. Um, I was an engineer for the last seven years or something, and now I've gone back to study industrial design. Um, what else? And I worked in administration, so that's, that's sort of my spiel. Um, yeah, I was saved after uni in 2012 and that was a long time ago and I've been here since 2016 which is probably about seven years. It's good stuff. Um, my name is Jess and my husband and Will go to the Queen Bean Church. Um, I've been a part of Divergent for maybe uh, seven years and I became a Christian around that time as well. So when I was about 20, I became a Christian. I was not brought up in a Christian home either. Yeah, awesome. That's cool. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about yourselves. Uh, we will be doing like some, I'll be taking some questions. So my number is actually on the screen just there. So if you want to ask a question today, shoot it through and uh, we'll do our best to get to them. Um, otherwise, I'd love us to go through some questions this morning. And actually, Sean, can you kick us off with this one? What what do you do to build good relationships within the church? Um, and then, yeah, feel free to jump in, Sam and Jess. Um, for, for building good relationships in the church, outside of the church, um, I don't know if I have thoughts about it being different. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've got written down here, because I talked to Elise about it last night. <laughs> it's um, time, thick skin, and vulnerability. So you kind of have to spend time with people. It's inevitable. Um, You do need to have thick skin because a lot of the time you might be like, oh, I'm going to plan this thing and you catch up with this guy or this girl or whatever. And um, a lot of the time it doesn't work out because they're busy. Like, so you've got to be patient with how long it might take. Sometimes it doesn't work and you just try. And then you've got to be vulnerable because if you're not vulnerable, you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to really talk about um, what is really important to you. Um, And so being vulnerable looks like actually asking for help as well. Like you can't always be in a position of 
control or strength, you have to be willing to ask for the help as well. Because if you don't ask for help, people will feel like they're not going to ask you for help. You kind of need to make yourself, you know, I don't know, like you need to owe someone something for them to feel okay asking you for help. Because they're like, oh, well, he owes me now, so I don't feel bad. But like, I, I think everyone's like that. Everyone's sort of like, oh, well, I'll be shy until they stop being shy. And um, sometimes it means that we need to reach out and actually be vulnerable when we're weak as well. And I think that's been something that's hard to learn. Because for the longest time, I've always like thought, oh, well, if I want to connect to people, then I need to be there for them. But then I also need to let people be there for me. Um, otherwise, it's, it's just too one way. It, everything is two way. Um, so yeah, I think those, those are the things. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, Jess, Sammy, you guys got any thoughts? Um, yeah, I think when I read this question, Kieran also reminded me about the verse in John 13, I think it is, where it says, you will know, they will know you are my disciples by the way that they love one another. And so I think like that's a broad statement, but just genuinely loving each other and serving one another. Um, like Jesus said, like to wash each other's feet, like Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And so just coming in humility um, to others, um, and as Sean said, yeah, remaining vulnerable with each other and, yeah, um, also remaining accountable. Um, I think, yeah, that's a really um, crucial part of it, just, um, yeah, really opening up your lives when even when it feels awkward and just sharing every detail of your life, but it really does um, open that door and allow God to work in that relationship. Um, yeah, so... I think the only other thing I'd add is to be available. Um, I think often we are all very busy and we have our life that's full of all of these things and the person who needs you might just text you out of the blue when you're supposed to be sleeping in or, you know, you have all these other plans and I think being available um, is so important to showing other people that you care for them, um, to do life with them. That's so good. Yeah, me and Kayla have, uh, Kayla's my wife, we, we've organised like sleep-in days, so we give each other sleep-ins, but I um, happen to organise a catch-up on Saturday morning at like 8, and so uh, I, I ruined her sleep-in day. <laughs> but it's all, yeah, but it's good, it's good to be available. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love that thick-skinned availability, uh, vulnerability. I think they're key issues. Um, and so, yeah, I guess coming into our next question, uh, it's actually from James 2.9. And it actually addresses the sin uh, of showing favoritism. And so, uh, Sammy, actually, I'd love for you to start this off. How do you make sure we don't have cliques with inside the church? Um, yeah, I guess our natural tendency as humans is to just sort of go towards people that we feel comfortable with and people who are similar to us. I think we avoid this by... Like, just getting out of your comfort zone. Like, going and talking to people who you wouldn't usually talk to or people who are quite different than you. And something that Kate and Rach have also um, shared and emphasised is, like, inviting people into your homes. Um, but if you're a single person or a couple, inviting families into your home. Um, yeah, like, you can... Don't let your life stage 
limit you. Um, yeah, because I think there's so much value in just getting to know others who are different to you because um, that's the kingdom. Like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And yeah, if you're by yourself, partner with someone, I think that's incredible and open up your house and have that. Um, yeah, Sean, Jess, you got any thoughts? Yeah, I think being aware of it is super important. Um, like, I agree completely. We naturally gravitate to the people of comfort, um, people who we know or we look up to. And, like, a church is a, a beautiful environment where we get to meet people from all different walks of life. Um, and just like as a believer who's been like on the journey for a little while I remember someone spoke into my life once and said um, like I don't come to church to receive I come to church to serve others and I think that mindset meant I wasn't looking to feel comfortable I was looking to see how I could um, do life with someone else I suppose yeah yeah that's awesome that's some wisdom right there Sean you got any thoughts oh sorry I'll just quickly add before I forget. Um, I think as well, like, um, so we have those close friendships in the church as well, like our best friends or whatever. Um, I think something I've learnt too is that sometimes I won't even talk to my close friends on a Sunday and that's not such a bad thing. Like, I think, like, they know your heart and, yeah, if you're talking to someone who's new, I think that's far richer than... Like, just catching up with your close friend on a Sunday, if that makes sense. Yeah, because that life com is where you go to fill up, right? Like, where yeah. you see those friends and they speak into your life. Um, yeah, take the opportunity to speak into other people. Or, like, get to know other people mm-hmm. on a Sunday as well. Yeah. Uh, I think the only other thing I'd add to that is um, if you see, like, there's clicky stuff happening at church, um, it's important... If you can, if you already know that it's happening, then lead by example, and connect to someone who, I suppose, might not be in your group of friends or, um, yeah, getting to know different people um, as an effort to like bridge the gap between um, different groups. Yeah, is is also important. That's so good. It rem- it actually reminds me. My wife has like this statement where it's like you're all standing in a circle but facing outwards. So it's like you all have each other's backs, but it's inclusive because you can invite other people in. And so I think yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I think that's cool. Uh, so the next question actually is, uh, and I think it's easier said than done, but it's out of Ephesians four three, and it says, "Make every effort." to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And so, uh, yeah, Jess, I'd actually love for you to start us off on how do you overcome offense that you experience from other believers, other Christians, um, and even maybe from close friends, and then how do you keep the unity of the spirit in that? It's so funny you've asked me this question. (laughs) I I didn't know how to answer this one. I talked to Will last night in the car, and I'm like, when was the last time I was truly offended at church? And it actually made me think back um, uh, a few years ago when I first started serving in kids' ministry, I was very busy. So I had I was serving at multiple services. I was in my final year of my undergrad and I was working two jobs, like I was full, but I did not feel burnt out. Um, and I know now, in hindsight, that's because I was just... Um, 
seeking after God, but it came to a period where I was, I started to grumble and I started to become very tired and worn out. Um, And I think that that is where I became very offended by the church because I felt like I was serving and serving and serving and that was going unnoticed. Um, But I know now on on my own journey uh, with God that, you know, that wasn't coming from a place of walking with God. That was selfish ambition or desire in my eyes I was you know I'd seen Jesus across the water and I'd gone to walk out and I'd been overcome by the waves kind of thing um I think that was the last time I was offended in the church and I know to look to God look for the cause of your offense I think um and where that offense has come from it could be from yourself not necessarily from others yeah so good uh, yeah, Sean, Sammy, any thoughts? Um, yeah, I was talking to Elise about this as well. I was just like, um, how do I answer this? Uh, I think one thing is if you're offended, then you need to pursue a resolution with the person who's offending you. Um, there's no better way of like avoiding like your words becoming gossip than like just talking to the person who you're upset with. Uh, and then there's this other thing uh, I, <laughs> I like... Yeah, I looked this up midweek because I was talking to Elise about it. But um, it's like Hebrews 12.15 talks about not letting bitterness take root in your heart because it actually harms the people around you when you become bitter. You get sort of angry and it's like, it's like the analogy of running in a close group of people and you're all fine and then suddenly you start to get bitter and you start elbowing everyone around you and eventually you find yourself running on your own like because nobody wants to run next to you anymore. Like... So don't let bitterness, like, take root in you. And it's like a biblical concept to, like, actually make sure that you don't allow bitterness to, like, settle in your heart because it's going to turn you into, like, a different person. So to pursue that clarity with that person, like, you could be wrong also is the important thing you realise. Like, just because I'm upset with, I don't know, Sammy for some reason, like, I might go and confront you and then turn around and realise that I'm in the wrong, I'm being hypocritical, and then, like, I can let it go. But, like, if you keep it in your own head, then you might be self-righteous and then you might go around just, like, being grumbly and annoying to everybody else. Yeah, I think... um, I love this verse. I feel like it really speaks for itself because it says, make every effort. And I actually recently, like, experienced this verse um, in my own life where I really did have to make an effort to keep unity with a person in my life. Um, And, yeah, it's not comfortable. Like, it's really hard and awkward at first, but it's so worth it. And, yeah, I would add on to Sean exactly what you were saying. Um, Like, because when we yeah, keep that bitterness in our heart, it is a bit like a poison, like it will destroy us. And so I was just thinking of um, Matthew 18, 15, where it actually says, if your brother or sister sins against you, then go and confront them, like go and tell them. Um, Or even if it's the other way, like if you've done something wrong, um, yeah, I think just openly speaking about it really does help. But first in doing so, just check the motivation of your heart, like, are you going to go and speak to this person just to prove that you were right about something and they were wrong? Or are you doing it to find a resolution and to bring unity and peace 
um, in the situation. And so I think, yeah, first checking the motivation of your heart, bringing it to God and openly asking God, like, search my heart, um, bring attention to the things that I need to see. And, yeah, just seeing that we are all at fault, like we all make mistakes. Um, but, yeah, I think really talking openly to people does help. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'd say like yeah, nine times out of ten, people don't realise that they've done any wrong. Um, and so, yeah, when you go chat to them, it often can solve it. Uh, I'd actually like to add on to the back of this question. Have you been on the other side of it where you've caused offence and someone has, has sought out to help or to, you know, resolve the situation? And what did that look like? Um, and was is there any practical things from being on the other side as well? like aspects of humility maybe, if you've got any examples of how to approach when someone is like, hey, you did me wrong. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah um, totally. That situation um, that I was talking about, actually, in her eyes, like I had caused offence. And it, I'm so glad, like she brought things up from a couple of years ago that I had no idea about. And she said that she prayed about it and she wished that she talked to me sooner about it. And it just would have been so much better because she wouldn't have held on to that bitterness. And I'm so glad because I was like, wow, that, that was so wrong. Like, I, yeah, wish I knew. Like, thank you for bringing it up with me. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Just coming in humility, not being defensive. Um, yeah, even though it's really hard as well. Yeah, yeah any other thoughts, Jess, Sean? Uh, I, I have experienced it... <laughs> And it's interesting. Sometimes, yeah, as, as the person who's offending, you just like, I don't know what I did. Yeah. And then you talk about it and like, it doesn't resolve. So you really have to push back on scripture um, sometimes. Like in that scenario, we both really didn't agree. Um, so I'm just like, all right, well fine. Like, I'm really sorry that you feel this way, but like at the same time, let's resolve it properly. So went to Matthew 18. And like the whole, you know, bring it before others, um, because he'd already confronted me, and he's just like, I think you've wronged me. I was just like, no, this is what I did, and so like to resolve it, we got other people to be around when we talked about it. And at the end of the day, it was more about like having people there to support us, have a more constructive conversation, because when it was just the two of us, it was just an argument, and then it was like, no one was listening to the other person so it was really bad um and yeah but sometimes you know we end up there i really off like i rarely get into those situations but um that one time it did happen it's like i'm glad the bible actually says something about how to resolve things yeah. um because it wasn't like oh my opinion is we have to do it this way yeah. so that we can talk things out it was like oh well i don't actually know how to resolve this between you and myself so being able to go back to the word and like Sometimes I feel bad for trying to work it out myself. Um, but yeah, going back to the word is actually extremely helpful. <laughs> so yeah, let's get... Um, I am a verbal processor and my husband has called me out on this many times. And I think this is where I have caused probably the most offence, both to him and to others. <laughs> um, and he's just uh, reminded me to realize that the words you say have impact on other people even if you don't mean them to be hurtful um, the way you deliver it um, is important and 
to tame your tongue, as the Bible says, um, as a practical thing that I am working on. Thank you, Will Straw. <laughs> <laughs> so good. No, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, and yeah, I'd actually like, I like what you said, Sean, that um, sometimes in making every effort means bringing in other people to help. Sometimes, yeah, both parties aren't seen eye to eye. It's good to bring in other people. And I think the Bible speaks on that as well. So uh, coming into our next question, uh, and I'll, anyone can jump in on this one, is uh, what are some routines or practices that you've implemented in your life to help build relationship with others? And yeah, like, and how does this look practically? Um, it's like, as far as like, I don't have any routines, but the practice is um, to be available. Uh, and I think this is what Jess was saying before, but like being available it also means like um, in Acts it talks about uh, when all the believers, you know, sold their properties and gave it to the church leaders so they could spread between themselves whatever needed. But like um, in today's terms, I suppose our church structure is a bit different, but it's like talking about our time and it's like, uh, you know, I could be spending time building my career or... Um, studying or you know making more money like working a longer shifts or whatever and being unavailable and um, or even even just like giving people food or giving people like money when they need it um, but it's like knowing what you need isn't like I can't I can't give up all my time to the boys because I'm married to Elise and like <laughs> there's unity there and like what before we were married it was just like me and the guys. And yeah. we would like spend time together, talk about God, study the word, and just hang out. Like it wasn't always like studying the word. Don't, not like some kind of, <laughs> like we, we did many other things to build relationships and like just have a good time. But like there is a division of like, you have to, you have to look after your family and you also have to look after the people around you. And like sometimes that means giving up sleep there's so many conversations I used to have on the stairwell in our flat with my housemate when he rocked up at like 12 o'clock and we talked to one and I still have to get up at eight the next day. I'm just like, okay, well, this is, this is part of giving that up and that's just a mindset to go, well, this is what I've had, well, this is what I've got and like, what can I afford to give you without like sacrificing things at other people's cost? Um, I think sometimes I sacrifice the quality of my work but I'm maturing, um, so, but yeah, this is just having the mindset of like giving what you can is, is, is probably the only practical thing I can say about, yeah. Um, I think on a practical note, um, again, something that Kate and Rach have mentioned, which I thought was really cool, um, is actually just setting aside, um, being available, setting aside a time in your week that you just have open so if someone says oh can we catch up or do you want to hang out um that you have that delegated time already there um yeah because i know our weeks get quite busy have this and that um but yeah it's really i think that's really prioritizing people or if nothing pops up then make the effort to reach out to someone and just say hey do you want to catch up yeah the only other thing i would add is be intentional um, with catching up, like valuing those people in your congregation, um, valuing 
where they're at in life, what they might need. Um, yeah, just be intentional with catching up with them. But yeah, I think being available is a massive thing. And yeah, I think they're both really great things. For sure. And yeah, I think, there's, it's, I think there'll be trial and error as well. Like you'll know what works for you um, and going from there as well. I think that's cool. I like that. Uh, so, yeah, Sean, uh, I'd like to actually direct this question to you because I know you're like one of the most loving people um, that I know and you've got to pass this heart. But um, obviously people know that as uh, I hope we all know and have experienced this, that Christians are meant to be nice or on some level there's commandments, right, to love one another, be patient with one another. Uh, and so how do we actually be, how do we show that we're, we genuinely, gen, how do I say this word, genuinely, oh my goodness, yeah, that can you say that in the microphone? Genuinely. Yeah, care <laughs> for people and we're not just doing it because we're commanded. Like we actually are, we actually care. Uh, Got any thoughts? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, you, to, to show people you genuinely care, it's like, there, there are all the times in the week that we meet up. So there's like today, Wednesday, if you have a life call on a Wednesday, I do a Tuesday morning Bible study. And those are the regular intervals that I actually see people. And outside of that, we, you know, we catch up. But, um, you know, like, uh, there is a difference when you turn up and there's a difference when you're really excited to be there. And, like, if you want people to know that you care, you kind of have to care about them. So um, being, being there and wanting to be there, like, we were sick this week, couldn't make it to LifeCom. And, like, I was really upset about that. But, like, that's because, that's like, I thought about the prospect of what that meant. And I was like, oh, well, I actually want to be with those guys. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. And, and, and this is the thing. If you don't care, because I know that that can, like, I think I'm predisposed to liking people. But, like, that's not always the case. Um, and, no, so I'm not, like, no, I mean, like, it's, it's a real thing. Like, um... Sometimes, you know, you just don't want to be around people or you're just not fond of the people that are in your life right now. And I think um, praying, uh, praying for the people that like, are in your workplace that are very different to you or, you know, who are studying with you or people you bump into all the time but you might not have a close relationship with, like actually praying for them in your own time, like God changes you to have a heart for them um, so, like, I don't want to be like, oh, you know, I just like the people I'm around, so, like, I always miss it when I'm not there and I'm, like, excited to be there. But that's that's not reasonable for the rest of my life or for the rest of your lives. So, practically speaking, if you want to really, like, let people know that you care about them, pray for them. And don't tell them that you're praying for them. Just do it to, like, do it between you and God. And then the rest of it will come out in the wash. Like, they'll feel it. Because um, I, I really believe God will do a work. But, um, yeah, I think that's probably the only thing. Other than that, it's all just, like, trying to pretend that you like him. But, like, don't bother with that. So, um, yeah, I think praying and God will work with you. Yeah. No, I think that's good. Yeah, any other thoughts? I would say also praying with them. Um, like with believers I've found that yeah challenging at times and it's something I'm still learning but um, yeah just um, it's so valuable because you're like giving the glory back to God and you're honoring him and seeking him 
in that moment when you're with someone um, and even non-believers as well because um, you never know like they might need it and they might say yes and they might not and that's all right <laughs> you might get rejected but um yeah I think prayer is so powerful so praying for them and with them as well um, yeah is a really beautiful um, privilege that we have um, I know one of the questions coming up is about questions, but I think asking questions of people um, is a really great way to get to know them um, and find out what's going on in their life. Um, and that's like that's showing you care for them because you want to know what's important to them and how you can pray for them um, and how you can support them practically if they need a meal or they need something else uh, if you ask those questions you can find out where they're at in their journey sorry I would also just say also knowing their love language is fun um so knowing yeah that's knowing someone intentionally as well like if someone likes to receive gifts then sometimes that might be nice you know give them a gift and that shows that you actually know them quite well too um yeah no, that's good. No, I think that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so the next question is, um, I'd actually like to point it to you, Jess. Uh, you know, I'd say we don't have, we've all felt, felt this tension um, in, our, in friendships and relationships on when to show grace and when to speak truth. And so how would you balance showing both grace and truth within our relationships? Again, this is that question that I was like, oh, I won't get asked this. Um, no, I did think about this. And um, I think it's really important that you are walking with someone. Um, if you are... Um, if you are in someone's life and you know who they are, um, when you speak the truth, you can do it in love, like it says to speak the truth in love. Um, and if you are not on that journey with them and you just say, this is the sin in your life, um, I mean, there might be a place for that, but um, I don't, in my own walk, I don't know if that's loving someone um you don't know where they're at or how you can practically help them overcome whatever it is um or disciple you can't disciple if you're not like doing life with them um i think it's important yeah i'm saying the same thing that's what i'm saying it's good you guys got any thoughts on that um I think I'll say one thing about grace is that, like, you know how earlier, Cam, you were saying Christians are meant to be nice? And I was like, well, are they? I mean, like, and I think um, when we're talking about grace, it's like, it might look like you're being nice, but um, you need to wrap your grace in love as well. So often we say, oh, we need to give true words to people. So if you see someone who's about to harm themselves or you see someone who's neglecting to take care of someone else, and you're like, I need to pull you up on this. And then you, you want to say whatever you're going to say, which is going to come across as a criticism in love. So by saying in love, you need to care about how they're going to feel when you say it. right? But then when it comes to being gracious, gracious to someone, like you need to wrap that in love too, in the sense that it's one thing for me to watch someone go and do something foolish. But like if I really love them, then the grace that I'd extend to not reprimand them or be like, hey, what are you doing? Shake my finger. Like, um, 
is, is more like, well, I'm watching you do this, and like, as much as I don't want to upset you, and as much as I don't want to cost, like, I don't want to incur that cost in our relationship, it's like, well, now he's going to think I'm the nosy whatever guy who's going to tell him off every time he wants to go out and party or whatever. I, was like, I don't want to be that guy. But at the same time, it's like, well, actually, I'm starting to notice that this is harming you or something. Or um, I think your habit of stealing paper clips is going to turn into, like, embezzlement of money. So, like, like, I really need to talk to you about this. And, like, in grace, I'm just like, I understand, like, it's just a paper clip. But, man, dude, like, you don't want this to snowball. Like, yeah. so, like, do you know what I mean? So, it's, it's about having love covering both grace and truth aspects in what we do. I don't know if that's a little bit too hand-wavy. Then come and talk to me about it after if you're, like, confused about what I'm talking about. But, yeah, but that's... that's, that's great. That's great. And it's true as well. Oh, sorry. Uh, in some areas, some things can snowball, and so I think there's wisdom and learning to spot certain things and calling them out maybe earlier mm. um, than leaving them and then there being a big issue. So yeah, but yeah, Sammy, sorry, what would you like to say? Um, I would probably say just trusting God that um, like speaking the truth is often confronting sometimes um, and sometimes that's how God works. Like when we speak the truth to someone, we just have to trust God and know that he's going to speak to them or work on their hearts or vice versa for us as well. Um, yeah, so just leaving it at that, like not trying to add things onto what God says in his word, but just, yeah, speaking it out in love. Um, and, yeah, again, knowing your motivation and, yeah. Yeah, I think it really has to come from a place of humility, like knowing that, you know, the word says we're all fall short of um, the kingdom of God. Like it's not, that person is not worse than you. Um, we have all sinned. So when you see that in someone else and you're doing life with them, to come from a place of love is a place of humility as well. Just one last practical thing is um, there's, there's no shortcut to being good at this. Yeah. Uh, like I think the only way I've learned how to balance grace and truth is through experience. Yeah. And I think yeah. being temp like having my temperament, I've often given people way too much grace and just watch them do something that later on they regret. I was like, I could have said something. Um, so don't beat yourself up. Like, this stuff takes hindsight to learn. So just like, as a very practical thing, don't beat yourself up when you've um, either dished out way too much truth without any grace or just been gracious without enough foresight. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think, yeah, I think that's amazing. Uh, I would also add on to the back of this question, and it can be open-ended for you, is um, what do you do, though? Because uh, we talked a lot about, like, we've seen in their lives and we're walking with them, but what if you see someone in something in someone else's life that you're like, ooh, this could be bad, but you have no friendship with them, no relationship with them. So then how do you go about handling that? Because in, I think, a practical sense, I'm not going to be best friends with everyone, but I could see something and go... Um, so how would, what's the best way to handle that in someone's life that I am not close with? I think seek wise counsel. Like there's so many um, great leaders in our church that are connected with 
ev- like with each other, whether that be a life com leader or a gathering leader or just someone, um, seek wise counsel, not gossip with um, people that you might just discuss something with, but people who actually, um, yeah, who, yeah, I think wise counsel. Yeah, that's good. So I would say, yeah, I guess talking to someone who they do know well or who they are close with. And again, not as gossip, but as saying, hey, I'm worried about this person or like this or that. Can you go and check up on them um, and pray for them? And yeah. So. That's good. We're giving away all our tactics today. So <laughs> you're going to know. No. <laughs> yeah, but Sean, do you have any other thoughts on this one? Or I think I've been really bad with this one. Uh, often when I see that happen, I'm like, oh, just make friends really quickly. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't actually work. So like... Um, yeah. No, I mean, like, yeah, obviously there are other people in their lives too. Um, and you hope that as a church, like, there's enough unity between you and the people in their lives. If you're not close to them, then you're close to someone in their life um, that you can sort of mention that to. But yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think that's great. Uh, so we got another question. So, Sammy, uh, what are some questions you ask to start conversations? But I'd also like to jump on the back of that. I know you work in retail. Have you learned any skills from retail that help in this area? Uh, interesting. Yeah, I actually love my retail job for this reason as well. Um, this was the question that I was like, oh, I hope I do not get asked this question. <laughs> um, because to be honest, like, I'm a small chatter. I ask the generic questions. And I think that's actually okay. I've come to realise that's actually fine because I'm genuinely wanting to know about their lives or like how their week was or this or that. Um, And I mean, there's the other side of the spectrum where I've heard um, people say, oh, we should just be asking like, what's God been speaking to you this week or what's God doing in your life? And to be honest, I when I get asked that question, I sometimes really struggle because I may have had a week where I haven't spent enough time with God and that's okay too. Like you can be honest about that and I think those questions are so valuable as well. Um, but yeah, also just, yeah, just getting to know people or retail. Um, I've found that, yeah, um, customers actually respond better and they buy the little extras <laughs> when you actually um, talk to them. But it's because I genuinely am wanting to know, like, oh, what are you doing today or this or that? Um, and you just find out about their lives that way. Like, generic questions are all right. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, for sure. I think that's encouraging. Like, you don't have to think of some elaborate question that unfolds their entire life. It's just like, what have you been up to? So how about you two? You got any thoughts? I think I'm on the other end of the scale. Um, And I think the people that I'm catching up with regularly, um, I think there's a few things I, like I often will ask anyone what they're reading. um, And that once upon a time came from a place because I was reading something very interesting in the Bible and I really wanted to tell them about it. But they never asked me and that's fine. (laughs) But um, it's a great conversation starter because often people are reading not just the Bible, they're reading a whole lot of different things or listening to different podcasts and it's so interesting to know where they're at and what they're doing. So that's a question I ask and the other big one I ask, I'm so sorry, I'm so on the other end of this, is uh, like where you're at in your faith. Um, I think we do walk with a lot of people that have been in church for a really long time and we just 
presume that they're okay, they've got it all together, um, and that's often not the case. People have bad days um, or bad weeks, or and I think that obviously finding the moment, the moment is obviously not in a massive group or whatever, but when you're one-on-one um, -on -one or in a life comm, just asking, you know, how is your faith, like how are you going really, um, and giving them the chance to reflect and say, you know, no, I'm not doing really well. I've had a really tough week and being available to listen and to, you know, help them out on that journey. It's good. I, I agree with Sammy. I'm not much of a, like, I don't have these great one-liners. I know there's a group in City PM who've made a deck of cards and they have these icebreakers. So they have 52 icebreakers that are like really complicated sometimes. And like, no, nah, I mean like just very generic questions. But what I find is um, sometimes, you know, when you talk to somebody um, and they're an expert in something, the less you know, the better the conversation will go. Like being a novice is sometimes your friend. Or like sometimes knowing something is actually your enemy. Like um, about the other thing, like the, the, the person or... Yeah, like you, it's like if you Facebook stalk someone, like what are you going to ask them? <laughs> it's like, oh, I saw that you grew up here and all this other stuff. And it's just like, oh, that's weird. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's better to not know about the other person and genuinely take an interest and ask. It's more about listening yeah. than it is about... Yeah, that's a great point. Like being clever. Um, yeah, just listen really hard. You've got two ears and one mouth. Just do the ratio. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that is, yeah, I haven't heard that. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll add on that. Like, I, I remember when I was a little bit younger going to uni, um, I thought I had to know it all. So people were like, yeah, I'm studying this, this, this. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. And I would have no idea what they're talking about. Um, but then I've become comfortable with going, oh, what is that? And it gives them more of an opportunity. And I think it can add a little bit more of that. I actually care about what you, what you have to say. So, yeah. Two years, one mouth. <laughs> I love that. Um, but I, I'd also, I actually, I really liked what you had to say, Jess, as well, with like, you know, asking those questions. And there's this concept of called the power of the second question. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it, it's like, hey, how are you going? And then someone's like, yeah, I'm good. And then it's like, no, actually, like, no, how are you going? And you're, you can actually find sometimes people will open up more when you go past that almost, not that it's bad, but sometimes it can be like a little bit superficial. But if you're really trying to dig deep, ask the second question, go again. Um, and I, I had a friend do this to me, and then when I realized the concept, I was like, you've been lying to me. No, but it's like, they're genuine, they genuinely cared, and they wanted to know, so. But uh, yeah, does it, is there any final thoughts on this topic that you, any of you would like to share? Um, I once heard a pastor say that your best friends should be in the church. Um, and I just kind of was reflecting on that and I was like, like, I think I personally do agree in that. And if you don't have close friends in the church, um, then make every effort. Or um, I went through a time in my life um, when I first moved to Canberra, it probably took about two years um, until I genuinely came to this place before God. And I was really upset and I was like, even to Kieran, I was like, Kieran, I don't have any friends like what's happening I had friends I'd say hi and bye to but I prayed and God totally delivered and he gave me friends like that like three specific friends during that time that I saw and was like wow thank you God for putting those people in my life so I truly believe that 
if you're in that place, um, then just pray and also make the effort, like, yeah, see people because um, someone else might be in the same place as you. Um, yeah, and God will deliver for sure. Yeah, no, I love that. Uh, I think I really like this analogy about um, people's relationship with God that John Piper gives. He says that, like, never prescribe um, how someone will encounter God because Jesus is a living, like, being. And so, like, why would you go, oh, you know, I walked up a hill one time and then that's where I met him. So, therefore, you should all go walk up a hill and go meet Jesus, right? Um, And I think in the same way, like, when we think about people, that, like, everyone is having their walk with Jesus or everyone is having their walk in their life. And, like, in the whole scheme of, like, the universe, that's only going to happen once. So every time you get to talk to someone, that's like watching two stars collide. Like, you don't get to see that all the time. And so, like, recognising, like, how unique each encounter is going to be, that you might see God do something or you might not, but, like, you might see somebody change their life. You might watch those key moments. And, like, being excited about the fact that everyone's going through something different but that it's, like, you know how, like, you pay a million dollars for, like, limited edition, like, limited edition sneakers? Like, why would you not pay attention to something that's free that's limited edition? Yeah. Like, everybody's limited edition. So, like, having that mindset, I think, is what makes me not sleep when I'm just talking to somebody. Like, it's like, I could go to sleep, but, like, I'm talking to you, and that's what I want to do instead of sleeping. Because it's not going to happen again. So I think, I think that's really valuable and maybe encouraging, hopefully. Such wise words, you guys. <laughs> um, I just was reminded, like uh, Josh and Ange, when they were here, they always said, you know, you're not meant to do life alone. Um, and you don't come to church to look at the back of someone else's head. And I think I, building relationships in the church, I'm always reminded of what they said. And I just want to share this little thing. I forgot. Um, this morning as I was driving here, I actually saw, um, I was at a traffic light, stopped, and there was like, you know how birds fly in unison together? I don't know what birds they were. I was trying to figure it out, but I didn't have my glasses on. I was like, pigeons, doves. <laughs> that would be majestic if they were doves. But um, yeah, and were, it was just so beautiful because I just thought of that picture. It's like, that really is what it's like um, when you're friends with people who have the same goal, who are kingdom focused. It's like, yeah, I was re- reading about it as well. I was like, why do birds fly in unison? And they were also um, elevated, like they were moving higher. And it's this thing called thermals, I don't know, where um, it's like hot air rises and they like going with it. But they were so in unison, like they just stuck together and they were going around and around and just moving upwards. And it's like, wow, that is so beautiful like thank you god that we can do that as believers together as we pursue christ yeah yeah that's amazing that's powerful that's awesome i'll have to also go look into the how birds fly (laughs) but that's cool no i love that uh i guess one final thought or do you have any one like encouragement when it comes to this like just do it like just encouragement i know we've been quite encouraging but any any encouragements that you'd like to give I think um, this is going to sound like the opposite of what you're asking for, but like, 
like when it, just do it like it's sometimes it does get hard don't get discouraged when it gets hard like it's okay that it's hard yeah. i think it's supposed to be hard yeah right like it's your flesh dying to serve yeah. god and to serve others don't make it harder than it needs to be though like if it, if it <laughs> like if it's good don't make it bad just so it's hard <laughs> <laughs> like yeah no but yeah you're right yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is too easy, it so I've got to make it harder on this <laughs> friendship. More accountability too quickly. Like. It probably depends on the relationship, though, right? Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. I can't imagine what the disciples were like. Like, we can read about it, but can you imagine the disciples and Jesus were together all the time for so long? I'm sure they rubbed up against each other a little bit. And that's all right. <laughs> like, I don't know if anyone's watched The Chosen, yeah. but it was really cool to see that episode where it's like, you know, Matthew seemed to be very different. And then, yeah, Simon was complete opposite to him. But then, yeah, just making every effort and, yeah. Awesome. All right, well, that's it for today. Um, if you've got any more questions, um, yeah, come chat to them. I think they're going to be around for a while. So come chat to them, um, you know, make it difficult for them. Um, not that more than it needs to be. But otherwise, thank you so much for this morning. Um, and yeah, and uh, I guess thank you guys so much for coming up here and sharing your wisdom and your thoughts.